Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Woohoo! Guess what, guys? We have a great guest this week. We have Claudia Ashray, Girl With No Job. Who actually, truthfully, well, once you read the book, is like, girl with a really big fucking job. She yes. is so busy. She's yeah, a comedian. She She's a pretty She's beautiful like an Instagram thirst monster. She is. And she is an author. Mm-hmm. She is a singer. She is a... New York a, Times bestselling author. Yeah, New York Times bestselling comedian. author. Comedian. That's she's right. She's been on tour, and she's only 26. So yeah. don't ask me how she did all this, but you guys are going to know how right now. Hi, ladies. The one and only. The one and only. selling author. Yes. Gorgeous ladies. Hi, gorgeous Claudia. Oh, my God. We're so excited that you are on today because now you are a New York Times bestselling author. Woo! No, I know. I cannot believe it either. And I'm so excited. I feel like I haven't been on your podcast in a million years. I know. I mean, girls, no job. Yes. Right? I mean, how excited are we? The crazy, beautiful life of an Instagram thirst monster. We have Girl No Job, Claudia Ashray back because now she's even more famous because she's a New York Times bestselling author. I mean, come on. At your age, I mean, obviously you're only, how old are you, 26? 26? I'm, yes, you're aging me, Margaret. I'm 26. At 26. 26. I mean, you're over 25. You're a New York Times bestselling author. You're super famous. I mean, <laughs> I paid her to say that. No, no, no. You're married. You have all these things. You wrote a book during the pandemic. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know what's next. You might be president. I don't know. I mean, would that be so bad? Diet Coke yeah. for everyone. Diet, Diet Coke for all. Diet Coke for all. <laughs> I mean, we love the book. We love it. Yes. I have to be honest. We're listening to it. We read some of it and listened to a lot of it on audio because I love to hear you speak. I mean, it was weird because I talk so fast and I'm so used to podcasting every day, just talking at the speed of light. Um, And it took me a really long time to adjust to talking like this. And it felt very strange. And I've gotten actually a lot of messages from people that they're speeding up the audiobook because they're not used to talking. (laughs) 
That's so funny. I put it on 1.3. I felt like 1.3 was very manageable and very appropriate. Yeah. That's, I have to record my audio book this week. Yes. And the girls are like, you have to slow it down. They go, listen to Claudia. I go, that doesn't even sound like Claudia. I have to wait. And Lexi sped it up. That's I know. It doesn't even sound like Claudia. I'm like, do you have to take a Xanax this week to record? But you know, it's actually really fun, Margaret. You're going to have uh, like a lot of fun. It's just, it's just very different to, I'm used to being in a room or on Zoom, bouncing off of people, talking, you know, cursing, like saying whatever comes to my mind. So to sit down and read my own book out loud was, it was an experience, but it was actually ended up being really fun. And I ended up like falling in love with my book all over again. And I'm actually really excited for you because I think you're going to love it. Okay, good. That's great. Very good advice. Was but- there anything that when you read it back, you were like, shit, did I really write that? Because it sounds oh different when you write, read it, right? Yeah. And like from the time, so I recorded my audiobook, I want to say in November, and I hadn't read my book in full since June when I handed it in like the final draft. So I was you know, my memory is not the greatest. So reading it again was like reading it for the first time. And I was like, I said that I like, there's so much like embarrassing stuff in the book. There's funny stuff, but I really got very personal and I had forgotten because like I was in it for like six months, writing, writing, writing. And then when I finally was done with it, I like kind of forgot. And then when I had to reread it for the audiobook, all these memories came back. I'm like, oh yeah, I did say that. And it felt like I was honestly reading someone else's book because it had been like four months. So it was, it was fun. Like, I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. It was fun because I'm like, wow, my book is great. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that as you were writing it, did you feel it was very therapeutic? It was probably painful. Tell me, tell me that experience for you. When I pitched a book and when I wrote my book proposal, it was funny, 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 funny. Like, now, did you do that funny. all by yourself? Yes. Wow. It very, so, I just want to know how impressive that is because mm-hmm. the Marge who could like birth Claudia and I'm old enough to be her mother, um, had help. Oh, well, you know, my manager did help me a lot, but so I can't take credit for the full thing, but the idea itself was like, I, I, it was going to be like memoir, self-help, you know, funny, funny, funny. And when you start writing what you had intended to write, doesn't always, that's not always what happens. So I just found myself like when I was going on these chapters, like going into more personal tangents, still funny, but also more vulnerable and earnest. And I didn't stop. I was like, you know what? I think that's good. Let's keep, let's, I have a thought. Let's write it out. Let's talk it out. So it's not at all what I thought the book was going to be. And yes, it was very therapeutic because I talk about a lot of stuff that as a just, you know, every day to day gal, I don't really talk about, I don't talk all the time about, you know, how traumatizing it was when like a month into high school, my dad just like dropped dead. And it's like a fun fact about me, but I don't think about it a lot. So sitting and writing a whole chapter, I had to like go back to those memories and it was such a dark time. And I was like crying while writing the book, but I actually think I'm glad that it worked out that way because I think a lot of people related to a few things in the book, especially the one on losing a parent because unfortunately that's something a lot of people have gone through. Yes, and I think it was so helpful. What I also find um, that you and I are similar in that you deal with a lot of tragedy, which Lexi and I were saying, yeah. with humor. Yes, like you're like, it's the only way to survive. Yes, and yeah. how you said you guys ordered a pizza right away. You know, I'm just using, I don't want to give away a lot of stuff in the book, but I we- <laughs> that immediately because when my father suddenly passed away. My aunt opened the door and broke down into his and said, I'm so sorry your father's passed away. I made you a cup of tea. You know, it's like, 
queen. Yes. And that's just my way of coping, eating and making jokes. And I, that's not for everyone. I think maybe some people have dealt with grief in their own way and they think my way is like crazy, but that's just like at some point, like when you're dealing with something so earth shattering, you just do what you've got to do to survive. And for me, it was just making jokes about it. And definitely, um, now, as I get older, like I understand that wasn't maybe like the healthiest way, but it was how I coped like as a kid. And I'm grateful that I did because I feel like I came out on the other side. No, I agree. And no, they do always say laughter is the best medicine. I don't yeah, agree. It is not always the best way because I think, you know, it makes people feel, you know, feel better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it, like if you, it, if anything that helps you get through, I think that's right. the best way. Um, I do want to touch on a sensitive subject and tell me this. Okay. You know, I also, I had written to you when um, you had lost the morning breath, the show yes, and all that stuff. And I love that you address that because at such a young age, to me, that was such a tragedy because no child is responsible for what their parent does. I completely agree. And it, it's, it was a lot. And it was never a question like, will I talk about this in the book? I was so happy to because, I mean, it's been three years since then, but it still feels very fresh mm-hmm. and it still comes up in conversation all the time and it still hinders my business. So what talking about it was a no brainer. Um, and I knew how I felt and I was excited to finally like say my piece and have it be out there in print, irrefutable. If you ever want to know my thoughts, like now it exists in the world. Yes, and I want everyone to read record. it. I don't want to, you know, say what it is. And I want everyone to read it because Claudia says it so perfectly and yes. eloquently. And I Thank think you. everybody will understand. Listen, my own son gets embarrassed about things I do or upset with things I do. Right. But he's, he's never going to denounce me or not want to be around me. Or I'm his mother until the end of time. I mean, granted, he won't go on the show and have anything to do with me. Right. Not from his fucking social media. But we're, <laughs> I mean, but we're, but we're super close. Yeah, we spend course. time together, but no one, and I have all our photos together, but there's no pictures of us publicly together. Because right. I always say, you're not responsible for my behavior. Yeah. And you know what? Like, for me, it was never a question, like, how I was going to handle the situation. Um, and I think why I was really excited to write the book is because it's not just about the cancellation. It's, you know, the 23 years before that. Here's how I was raised. Here are my values. I was raised very Jewish and the core of Jewish values is family, family, family. So yes. I wanted to really paint a picture for people because someone who's not in my situation, maybe not be able to understand why I refuse to come out and speak ill of my mom. People of don't course. get it. Yes. They don't and, get it. And it's, and it's like, well, you're not in my parent. situation. Yeah, it's, it's also your yeah. only surviving parent. They're not in your right. situation. And it's also private. Yeah. So to me, it's like a no brainer, but for people who like, you know, leave comments and tweet at me online, they can't understand it because it's not the situation. So, okay. If it was, if it was this person who's commenting, if it was you in this situation, you would handle it how you see fit. I'm going to handle it how I see fit. Not going to do it because you sent me a message thinking that I should do it. Like, it's just, it's so personal and it's so, it's just a no brainer for me. Like, and it upsets me. And so I was not really nervous about writing about this, but I was definitely nervous about putting it out there because I've made my, my point and this is my decision and this is how I'm going to move (laughs) forward. And people have a hard time accepting that. So I wasn't nervous about putting it out, but I'm like, I'm nervous about people digesting it because for some reason, a lot of people seem torn on this issue. And, and I know some people have stopped listening to my podcast because of it. And that's fine. You know, this is a free country. And if you disagree, 
live your life, girl, get your life. You do your thing, but I'm not ever going to change who I am or compromise my values and my principles because it's what someone else wants me to do. That's just not that type of person. It's great. And that you're a young woman and you have your convictions. And I love that. And I think that's what's so impressive and it's very mature and it takes people a whole lifetime to be as strong and and have their values that you do. So that is yeah. amazing. A whole lifetime in therapy. Yeah, a whole fucking lifetime in <laughs> therapy. That's true. No, it's true. Yes. And, I, and I think yes. that's great. Listen, certain people I think should be canceled. Of course. You know, yes. that's a given. And other people, like yourself or whatever, we have to be a society that people are allowed to make a mistake, make amends. You, you know, everybody doesn't have to be canceled. And and it's it's bizarre. And I, and I don't like what's going on. Yeah, and in the book, I really dive into cancel culture just like generally because like you said like there are people who have done terrible things people in hollywood in movies and in music yes yes and these these like traditional celebrities these more famous celebrities and it feels like that they you know they make tons of money off of you know this kind of sadistic culture in hollywood and there's like no accountability for it but on the internet with people who are much less famous much less notable when they say the wrong thing it's like a death sentence. Whereas like, I can point to, you know, many examples of, of traditional celebrities who have committed crimes, you know, who have yes, been abusive. Yes, yes. Like, I don't know why we as a society have like jumped down people's throat when they, you know, misspeak or when they have something come from their past where we, where we also just give people who actually commit crimes, like we give them so much leeway. Like there's no sort of cancel culture around that. And that to me doesn't make sense. And the comparison that I use in the book and that I think is really um, interesting is like Kevin Spacey versus Kevin Hart. Yes. Kevin yes. Spacey. Good one. The is, double Kevins. Yes. Is a alleged criminal. Like there have been many people who have spoken out against him. And Kevin Hart was like the biggest news story, you know, had to step away from the Oscars so much, you know, and he he was a comedian. He's a comedian. And I don't and I don't think those jokes were funny and they were bad. But give people room to grow. Counsel, not cancel. It's, yes, yes. And in Kevin Hart's documentary, he it took him a long time to realize like why people were so upset and and he didn't apologize at first. But I think in this documentary, like the journey he showed was how he came to this realization that like when you're in a comedian, you're in this headspace. You're like, I can joke about things. Like you know, comedy I can is joke one about corner. anything. Exactly. Yeah comedy is the one corner of the earth where you can say crazy things. And so for him, you know, being a very famous person and, and being a role model to a lot of people, it took him a, a long time to get out of that headspace and, and actually learn that he was wrong. So I'm not saying those jokes were okay. They were not okay. No. But it's just interesting if we look at the two situations, how they got like equal flack when the, yes. the crimes, quote unquote, that they committed I are know. very different. No, right. I agree. It's like, you, I, by the way, I am with you a thousand percent. And it's just... I was saying that also. We were talking about Andrew Dice Clay. The oh other my day. god! I watched an old Dice Clay um, like show from the eighties. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Not I- even the eighties. You know, I have been watching Sex in the City and Entourage, which are both early two thousand shows, and I was just watching an episode of uh, Sex in the City where Samantha. There are these um, women outside her 
her uh, apartment and they're being so loud and they're calling them a derogatory word for transgenders and the whole the whole episode is like actually very transphobic and i'm like this was only 15 years ago like it's just proof that we've evolved so much because something like that episode or even on entourage where they use gay slurs in so many of the episodes that was like 10 15 years ago that got written produced and aired like that was the culture so we need to allow some time for us to shift and i don't And I don't want to discredit, like, because when I got canceled, like, someone drudged up these old tweets of mine. But at the end of the day, like, I still said those things. You were a young girl, but you were a child. I was 16. I was in high school. I've been on social media since, you know, eighth grade. And in the ninth grade, like, I was making jokes that I thought were funny. And they they were awful. Like, when I see, when people, like, tweet them now, like, they send a chill down my spine. Like, the fact that I ever had thoughts that, like, I'm really embarrassed about them. And I don't want that to get lost in this conversation. It's like, of course, I understand. Like, you can you can evolve. Like everyone is entitled to a period of growth. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's very common to be like an asshole when you're a teenager and say things you regret, but you move on from your life, you grow and you forget about it. For me, it's like, I feel like most days I'm, I wake up and I'm like confronted by that because people on social media love to bring it up and that's their right. But it's very taxing on my mental health to constantly be confronted with like the worst version of myself. But you have redeemed yourself 10,000 times and you can't be punished for the same thing as when you're a young child. That's what upsets yeah. me so much because you can't, you know what? Yeah. How many times are they going to crucify you for the same thing? And I think that's a what lot, it is. apparently. Listen, I get it. I get it all the time. Like I say in my book, I cheated on my husband. I did leave him for the contractor. I could win the Pulitzer Prize. I could find the cure for cancer, but I will always be a cheater. I will be the cheater with the Pulitzer Prize because people will judge you more for having an affair. That's hilarious. No, but it's true. People will judge you more for having an affair, whether you drive drunk, sell kids drugs, go to jail, anything what it is, you can recover from. But if you cheated on your husband, that's going to be the first thing. No, the internet is is so great, but it's also so toxic because we just like can't let things go and we label people certain things. And, and I think that, you know, a troll just, you know, calling you a cheater or for me, it was like calling me racist. Like it's, they think that they're helping. They think that they're, you know, truly warriors of social (laughs) justice. And at the end of the day, they're really contributing to such a toxic, you know, conversation and way of life. And it's, it's so bad. And, And I feel like people... When I got canceled in 2018, I was like one of the first big ones. Like it was no, that's, huge. I know. Oh, yeah. I remember. I was, I I was physically ill. Yes. I remember. It was worldwide news. And I wasn't even like famous. It was crazy how big the story got when relatively, like I was a nobody in 2018. Like I, I had a big Instagram, but like that was really it. I wasn't like a well-known person. So it was crazy that I was getting all this press. Like I had never gotten press before in my life. And now I feel like it's almost losing its value. It's like someone gets famous on a reality show or on a new TV show and, you know, someone finds a tweet and, you know, from 10 years ago about, you know, a terrible joke that they made. It's becoming so routine that it's losing its value. It's not becoming huge news stories anymore because everyone's like, oh, you know, another set of tweets. It's like not even powerful anymore, which is good because I think it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible culture. No, it is. And it is. And I hope, you know, people are more forgiving and we're in a kinder, gentler place. I mean, we came through a fucking pandemic, people. I mean, right. Like if we haven't learned anything in the last year, like we just need to be kind to one another and more understanding. And you know what? And this is a major theme in the book. It's like, I feel like before I got canceled, I was one of those people, you know, I was like a troll almost. And 
even though it was like the worst year of my life, I'm actually grateful in a lot of ways that I had this big learning experience because I came out on the other side, like so empathetic and so understanding. And, and I was just so much more kind to people. And that was a huge benefit. And I don't know if I would have ended up growing in that way if I didn't experience, you know, this major public tear down. Yeah. Sometimes the things, horrible things can really turn into good things, which I- yeah, And you have to look at life that way or else you'll be miserable. Like you just have to turn adversity into, yeah, you got to find the silver lining. It's just, it's a better way to go through life. I know. That's why I love your book so much. It's, yes. it's funny. It's positive. I mean, listen, you've been with Ben since you're 18 years old. Yep. I know, which, you know, we say crazy, crazy. He's that the, um, crazy. he's the only guy you slept with. I don't know if you want to leave yep. that on here. You want to leave That's that okay. Yeah, it's I don't want to give book. too many spoilers. Cause there's I'm an open book. Yes, literally. Yes. literally, literally, <laughs> which, which I love. That's adorable. Thank you. Right? I mean, it didn't, you know, wasn't the point. I, I mean, oh, I, I know, relatively... I know, but yeah, you got married very young when you were 23. Yeah. Ben then, was the first guy I met and had sex with, and we just like ended up getting married. So when I tell people that, especially in this day and age, they're like, you've only had sex with one person? And they think I'm like a freak. And I guess I am, <laughs> but it just happened that way. Yeah, and yeah, I'm you're actually- You're a little like, bit of a unicorn. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. But I love that. Like, it's yeah, so special. It's and great. I love Ben so, so much. And I love that, like, that's our thing. And I'm very pleased with it. Yes. I think it's great. I think it's fabulous. And I love that you were, went on the Steve Harvey show. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and that he went and you were like single. Yeah. Right? It was, it was my first single. time on TV and it was like a dating segment. And they, the producers were like, you're single, right? And I wanted to be on TV so fucking bad. So I said, yeah. And I told Ben and I thought he was going to be so mad. And he was definitely like weirded out, but he didn't get mad and he didn't tell me not to do it. And he came with me and he was very supportive. And that's when I knew I'm like, this man knows how thirsty I am. He respects <laughs> he me. Knows that and, and I love him. Not that shitty. But like shit. you? And you know what? That's why he's the greatest husband because he supports you in all your craziness. You know? Oh, he and he, really, and what, he empowers the craziness. He empowers too. the craziness and knows what you want. And is a thousand percent behind it. But I just want to know. So this thirst monster behavior, what I love is that you own it. Because a lot of people would be like, I don't want to be famous. I don't give a shit. I'm not yeah. a star fucker. Oh, please. Liars. Like, liars. 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 I think that like in the digital age, people who are thirsty or who like want to be famous, it has a negative connotation. When at the end of the day, that just translates to like someone who's good at networking. It's not a bad thing to want to advance yourself, your career. And so I'm just trying to, you know, change the stigma, change the narrative. <laughs> It's true. It's, it's like true. if someone went to a conference, like, an, you know, right. a conference and met everyone in the room, you applied that to the internet. You went after all the people you wanted to get in touch with and you did it. It's called networking, Lexi. You're right. Right. It is. And I think that's what's so impressive. I mean, everybody was just like, but then, you know, then you have all the other people who come behind you and they're like, well, I want to do that too. Great. The more the merrier. I would love to it encourage is. an entire generation of thirst monsters. No, I think you have. <laughs> I think there is an entire generation of thirst yes. monsters. I'm I mean, so I glad to hear it. You have old thirst monsters who are my age. Um, medium medium thirst, thirst monsters are Lexi's age. Thirst, thirst knows monsters. no age. You know, yeah, you can't be too knows. old or too young. So wait a minute. Now, Claudia, we have your New York Times bestselling author. You, yes, you're at the pinnacle. What, what do we want to do next? I mean, is there anything? Do you want to take a break? Do you want to just, what are we doing? I mean, you're fucking No, I don't want to take a break. You have ever. another 50 years um, of work at least. I think that like, 
one of the things I've learned, you know, in my, in, in the last couple of years is I used to not really appreciate like the success that I had and just always want more and more and more like next project, next project. And I feel like that was a really unhealthy way of, of working. And it took me losing everything to be more grateful for stuff. So now I don't really like have, I have goals obviously, but I don't have like five year plans. Like I need to be, you know, this by the time I'm 30. Like I don't, I don't have that. Of course I want bigger and better things, but I'm really so grateful for the business that I rebuilt from scratch up this yes. huge fucking hill yes. that never ended. That yes. if, if in five years, you know, we're still podcasting, we got Toast News Network, maybe I could write another book. Like if, if everything stayed the same, I'm so grateful for what I have now that I would be so happy. I would be so lucky to be where I'm at now in five years, you know? So of course I want to tour more, hopefully write more. But at the end of the day, I'm so proud of myself and how far I've come. Like if this is it, God bless. I know. Well, listen, this is a big achievement, what you've done so far. I'm, you know, your sisters, I love that all the family gets involved. You yeah. know, your sisters are involved. Jackie, you know, Olivia has the baby now, but she still doesn't yeah. Margo. The, the whole It's group. a family affair. It I is mean, a honestly, family I'm, affair. I don't know how people, you know, don't work with their families. People always ask like, how do you work with your family? I'm like, how do you not? It's just, I'm, I'm so family oriented in every way. And it's for me, I know it's not for everyone, but for me, it's like the healthiest way of running a business. I'm not a great communicator with, you know, people I'm not related to. So for me, it's been the best thing for, for my business to have it be a family affair. I, I mean, Jesus, that, that, Listen, I used to work with my family. I yeah. do work with my family because Lexi is like my family. Yeah. Marge seems right. okay. My ex-husband was very difficult. How involved is Ben <laughs> with you? He has a different oh, He's He's not. Like, Ben is so supportive. Like, you would think, I'm not an easy person to be married to. Like, I know some of the stuff that I do is, like, a little embarrassing. Like, I'm loud. Like, I know. And Ben, nev like, why I love him the most is not only does he not ever feel, like, embarrassed by me or, like, judge me for anything. If <laughs> anything, it's just the opposite. He's so encouraging. He's always just encouraging me to, like, get back up and do more. So he's literally the best person. To, like, he's who you want on your team. He's the best. Okay. And you love your in-laws? Love their – have you met them? No, I haven't met the in-laws. Oh, I feel like you had it like a toast party or something, but no, I didn't meet them. They're so lovely. Like I know in-law relationships are difficult, but I've never found that because like Ben's parents are angels. They've been married for 35 years. They're the kindest people. And like, I loved them from the second I met them and they've always been supportive of me and Ben doing, you know, this is not a traditional life. Not, no, every it's parent not, not at all. Wants this for their kid. And so they've <laughs> always been encouraging. They're so supportive. They buy the book. They watch when I'm on TV, they send me pictures. They tell their friends, like they're, they're ideal in-laws. And I mean that honestly. Okay. I mean, that is the best. You're very lucky. You're very, That's very good. lucky. Because I, I, and I know how out of the ordinary that is. Yes, that is out of the ordinary. Though I did love my Jewish in-laws very much. The best. They died. Mimsy and Bernie Joseph. <laughs> I mean, you know, they were, and Joe's parents were dead by the time I got to him. So. Oh, what but, I mean, that, you know, that happens. Yeah, he, <laughs> he is much older, but I will be an amazing mother-in-law. Yeah, you'll be a good mother-in-law. Yes, you will. Oh my God. You're yes. the dream mother-in-law. Like, yeah, you're totally. Fun. You're I mean, famous. I take, yes, I want to take you shopping. I want to embrace yes. you. And I like, imagine. Wine as fuck. Imagine if you're like a fan of the housewives and then you meet some guy and you find out his mom is Margaret Joseph. Oh, so I, I know, I know. 
I know. I oh. think, yeah, that would be fun. I mean, I, hopefully she would love me and not love somebody else on the show. Who couldn't love you? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think there's Danielle many people. Staub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> That's a, that's okay. You're I just so that. adorable. Don't you love that? Thank you. For the cover, you were like you were clear what you wanted your cover to be. Yeah, and then we'll go. On. Yeah, well, at first I wasn't going to be on it. It was going to be like a cool graphic, and then you know the no. narcissist in me is like, ladies, I got to be on the cover. So then you we like, moveboarded, and it was very hard to get that bathtub up six flights of stairs in a photo studio in Manhattan. You know, it's not an easy, this is in LA. Like there's not just bathtub props around in every photo studio. So it actually took a few months before we could get to shoot because there was so many logistical problems with getting a bathtub up a building with no elevator. There was no but, hotel you could shoot in? No, because it was a full blown photo studio. And you know, it's always in like old buildings in Brooklyn and downtown and they don't really have big freight elevators for a bathtub. That is so funny. We wound up shooting in my house. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got lucky, right? We, we got Well, it was it was a one way we could control it with COVID because we filmed it for the show, oh, too. Right. So oh, you did? Yes. yes. was like a lot. <laughs> well, you know funny. what? I saw when you announced your book, you had like the most cute ass cake. And I literally sent it to Ben. I said, contact this baker, get me a cake that Margaret had. And yes. I got it. It was so delicious. Yeah, her, yeah. Melissa yeah. Alt cakes are amazing, right? Aren't yes. they're delicious? I got one because I saw you have it. It was so good. I wasn't gonna eat it, but then I'm like, I gotta eat it. So I saved the first two layers Us of the book. Two, that's <laughs> we, we, and it was like chocolate Oreo. It was so good. She is great. Her cakes are beautiful and yeah. delicious. Yes, the girls got it for me. That was the first time I think anybody's ever surprised me. It was oh. in a restaurant in a tent, and I walked past. It was just it, my no, team. It nearly didn't happen. This was here the whole day. I don't want to fucking go out for dinner tonight. Joe's making me go out for dinner. I'm just going to have sex with him. It's I just like to go to coerce him. It would be so easier to have sex in. so I could stay in. And he was like, it's, no. He goes, I'm dressed. I showered. I go, you're going to turn down sex to go out to dinner? I go, that's so not like you. You knew something was up. Yeah, it didn't even click to me. It's like, get dressed. You look like you just worked out. I'm like, really? I Oof. was like, where are we go? I was like, that is so not like we Joe. Were like, come on, Marge, get a meal in, get your sustenance up. Yeah. Before you have sex. Come on, Marge. And they, <laughs> and they got me, and I walked right past the cake and the oh. table with the balloons. It was nice. It was just my meat. You know, I'm sure it's like you also. You socialize with a lot of people. You never, even though you're with your family, you never do something like just for you, right? Uh, no, I actually am the queen of throwing like parties for minor accomplishments. I just love getting everyone <laughs> together. Like I, I, I had a song like in, in 2019, I had like 15 parties. I had no, I was there song release. Party. You I were there for the song, song release, release host anniversary. Like I just throw parties because I love parties. I love partying. Yes. No, I love parties, but I'm saying just, I guess, because I never get to be alone with them and I'm like yeah, paying attention to everyone else. We throw oh, a lot yeah. of parties, but I feel like I never get to be alone with just my media team where everyone's not like, Take a picture. You know what I mean. Right. Or like you're filming. It's a lot. Or you're not filming or you're not in the moment where you could just really bullshit and trash talk everybody else. Those are very rare moments. Yeah. And we both wrote a book. This is a big deal. That's a major deal. And you wrote a book. And I mean, you're a New York Times bestselling author. I mean, this is a big deal. So proud. I feel like, you know, I'm compelling. Thank you. Theo. I mean, he's so excited. Oh, Theo was the star of the shoot. And the only reason... I made the New York Times bestsellers list. It's because Theo was on the back. I know. It's okay. Bella's on the back of mine, too. We both have our doors <laughs> Shut on Shut up. Yes. Isn't that funny? Yes. I love that. 
Yeah, Bella's on the back with my with my mother because you know, God forbid, Marcy, you're talking about thirst monster. <laughs> She's the original. <laughs> She's the original from fucking day one. She is I mean, an inspiration. Yes, uh, yes. 74-year-old thirst monster, without yes. a doubt. Yes, we love like, to see uh, it. Yes, lose it, losing her marbles. So, I mean, what what's our book tour situation looking like? Are we going to be able to go out for you? You might, but mine is bleak. Like, can you go I out mean, this summer maybe and do some stuff? Maybe. I'm like, now that the book is out, now we're really focusing on my next comedy tour. Um, hopefully I can do like maybe a little blended book tour and yeah, comedy tour. I, that would be great. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty and, and this year has been so crazy and there's been like so many wild things going on in the world that like my show is already written like, cause there's just so much to make fun of in yes. 2020 and 2021. But it's just a matter of when I can get my ass, you know, on a plane and go safely. It's true. I mean, I think with everybody getting the vaccine, I hope before by the fall you could be on on the way. I think by the fall as well. I know, which would be so good. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. That'll be great. I know. That'll be. I gotta hit a club or something. Yeah, you got you yeah. gotta hit a club and and belt out a song, another song. Yes. I know. Belt belt out a good one. So just let's quick talk a little bit of reality. Have you been watching? Yes. I mean, Salt Lake City. Love obsessed Heather your, Gay is my queen. Heather Gay, and so is Meredith. You love I love Meredith because she's so relaxed. Do you know any of them like personally? Heather Gay, I've been with. We did a housewife to housewife. We we've, we've oh. chit chatted. We've spoken on the phone. I she's amazing. I think I love her. I love her. She is so if funny. You, if you talk to her, tell her I'm obsessed. Okay, I will tell. She is obsessed. great. She I, I think she's very very good. Believe it or not, I get a big kick out of Crazy Mary. Of course. I mean, she's so interesting, even though like she has not been on the season at all because she's like not friends with any of the women and she didn't go to Vegas and she like barely was in the finale, but she's so hysterical that like the little crumbs she gives us are enough. Exactly. Yeah. And she, I think she wasn't going to be, it seems to me she wasn't going to be a full-time housewife right away. And then they realized she's meant for oh. TV. That's she is. I mean, her life is so interesting. And I have so many questions about how owning a church gets you five homes. Like, it just makes no sense. And what about OCs over and done with? Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad it's over. It was such trash. Like, it was painful, right? It was painful. a little painful this season. And it was just, I can't relate to any of the women. And, you know, it's an aspirational show. You watch the show and you see fabulous women doing fabulous things. And in OC, there was no aspirationalism. I was just like, this is a sad sack of women. Yeah, it was a, it was, <laughs> it was a rough season. It was a rough, rough season. Very How rough. How you feel about watching COVID too? Because a lot of people are complaining. It's like, we live here. Oh my we God. to see it. We need an escape. Kill I me. Know. Like, kill me certain franchises they did better than others oc was by far the most covid heavy and i don't know if production just doesn't understand this like we had to live through it and it was painful enough and traumatizing enough people dealing with all sorts of issues financial issues addiction divorce like there's been yes. so much terrible things that came out of being on lockdown we're almost at the end. I don't need to see it relived on Bravo. I know. See, I think we're lucky. We didn't have a lot of, because we filmed like in the summer. Yeah, we got so lucky. We got lucky. So yeah. we were outside. <coughs> P.S. I'm still coughing from my COVID from December, but I'm- oh, right. I can't believe I forgot you had it. It was Full terrible. family takedown. Full family takedown. Myself, Joe, Lexi, Marlene, Mark Sr. We, we just literally wiped out the whole family. It was but thank God that you're no, all thank okay. God we oh, got over it. It's just like this lingering weird post nasal drip and I don't know what the yeah. that is, but it's annoying. <laughs> I, I can't even handle it. But that, um, 
Yeah, the whole thing is we were very lucky because we filmed in the summer. We were outside a lot. We didn't have a huge gathering, so it was good. Right. That's great. Was, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I think, yeah, 17. We didn't even have to discuss it because it was just like. It's just we minimal. Just, if we were yeah. in a store, we had to wear a mask and stuff of like course. that. Because we we're outside, yeah. it was it was much better. So we were very Fabulous. Lucky. I know. I think you're going to love the season. I can't wait. I'm going to blow a casket. You're going to blow a casket. <laughs> I, I think you need a gasket. <laughs> I know. So I mean, funny. listen, her own language, her own language for sure. We live for it. That's why she's hysterical. Oh, she's the best. And now, you know, she has her boyfriend now. Yes, I cannot wait to see that unfold. And I can honestly, I'm so excited to see the renovations on your house because every Fun Monday Janet. when you do like your house updates, yes. it's so fascinating. You have Thank such you. unique style. I cannot. Thank you wait to see it yes thank you no it looks really good the downstairs now we're starting on the upstairs because my bedroom and my closet that we could not nail on this season and that we're doing now but so much was done like i did an outdoor kitchen i did the kitchen i did wow. the this i did the so it looks really good so we can yeah, yeah. and also i want to you know trolls are very bitchy like you know do your fucking house your house looks like yeah shit. when you turn on the light in like the entryway in a 114 year old house yeah like the ac comes on in the basement like it's not as simple right as yeah everyone's people like people don't get it this is like an old cool house i just i wrote to someone today they're like why don't you get a different house upgrade i'm like bitch i live four miles from the city and you cannot replace this kind of character this is like an no. old fabulous cool yeah. big house i mean and now the insides match the outside and exactly. you're exactly people need to shut the fuck up okay i know yes. i was just like i don't need a mcmansion mm -hmm. i don't want what everyone else can have right I know people could make you crazy. Well, thank you yeah. so much for coming on again because thank I just you have for to having you. I just good a good to see you. B can't wait to be together. And I just want to tell you how happy we were reading this book. I swear, I felt like I birthed you. Yes. Failing, dying. It's so insightful. I can't believe you're only 26. I'm sure everyone <laughs> tells you you're an old soul. So insightful. You made us laugh. You made us cry. Yeah. And it's so great. The crazy beautiful life of a thirst monster. Mwah. Thank I you love so you. much. Love you. I mean, it's so funny. I feel like my life didn't even start until 27. And by 26, she's, she's had it all. Had it all. Awesome. Lost it all and brought it back 10 times more. I know. It's very exciting. Well, it's very impressive. And I think it everybody else should be impressed because she's done a lot. And she took a very public hit at a young age, yes. handled it correctly, didn't let it cripple her, no. and brought it back. And learned from it. And, was you know, was self-reflective, was apologetic. But also stayed true to her principles. Yes. Which I think is the most authentic thing. Like exactly. nothing worse than an inauthentic apology. Yes. Tour. Especially when they go on an apology tour. That's when it's really full of shit. But the, she did, ex she played it out such the right way. Yes, because she was truly apologetic. Mm -hmm. She sticks to her principles. I think everyone should read her book. Anybody who yes. gives her a hard time about why she doesn't denounce her mother. Um, care from Claudia's own mouth, how she feels about certain things. You guys are going to love it. So caviar dreamers, keep dreaming. Keep and then dreaming. You'll have to buy my book. Yes. You're both on Simon and Schuster yeah, we're Gallery both on Books. Simon and Schuster Gallery Books. So, yep, that's right. So everyone's got to get swiping up when we put it on Instagram to buy Go and No Job and get pre-ordering the Marge's book too. you got a lot of reading to do. A lot of reading. We could start our own book club at this rate. Right. So every week we have episodes on a Wednesday, Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget with The Real Margaret Justice, The Life of Mrs. B at Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget, and keep dreaming. Keep dreaming, Caviar Dreamers.